This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It is your boy, Chris Yano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman. TP, what's up? Chris, it is always a pleasure. Happy New Year by the time that this thing posts. Chris, what's the big, uh, I mean, this is going to derail us already. What's the big plan for you in 2022? Anything exciting coming down the pipe? Kind of throw you out there under the... No, actually, uh, coincidentally, I just did a podcast on goal setting, uh, which means I had to have my goals in place because I'm known for um, accomplishing goals. I take pride in that. Um, I have some big plans next year, um, or excuse me, this year, 2022, and it mostly is around how much can I, of course, number one, give, how can I give back um, more, and also um, what can I accomplish with this business, and uh, and so I've got some, you know, I have, I've got some big 2022 plans for the for the business, and I'm excited for happy new year. To, to come along, so happy new year to all the listeners, happy new year to our guests. Uh, Mr. White Hepworth, who is the CEO and founder of Any Hour Electric Plumbing, Heating, and Air. But guess what? Back in the day when the company started, that wasn't the name. It was something a little bit different. But first, we'll let our guests talk about that. But let me go ahead and welcome you, Wyatt, to the podcast. Appreciate getting you on here, man. Hello, Chris and Paul. Appreciate you getting me on here also. Yeah, I've been a fan. So uh, enjoy listening to the to all the educational uh, information you you're able to to achieve through your interviews pretty awesome thanks brother so, uh, appreciate thank you. it um wow 2021 was an exciting year for you wasn't it it was it was a great year yeah <laughs> we had a lot happen it was all right it was all right it was okay <laughs> it was a good one i uh for all of our our listeners i told you we were going to have some great guests on in 2022 and I'm telling you, if you don't know why you're about to find out why he's on here and uh, the phenomenal company that he has built and is continuing to build with a uh, with a lot of integrity and a lot of great uh, knowledge and wisdom you're going to get from him on this podcast. We're excited to ha- finally have him on here. You know, I think why the first time you and I's path crossed was, Paul, see if you'll remember this, was... I believe it was when we, yeah. So we had Goodrich on for our one and only live video, live like podcast. <laughs> the one and, and only time we've ever done it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I remember that um, we had let the listeners submit questions, and Wyatt had submitted some questions. That's right. Um, yeah. And then as I go back and look at those, because I keep all the show notes, as I go back and look at those, and I understand what has since happened with Wyatt. It makes perfect sense on why he asked the questions he asked. So somebody was doing his homework. Well done. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I sent in quite a few questions there. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. You did. That was, that was fun. That was a good time. It was, uh, we've only done it that one time. It, it actually is quite a bit of production to do, but it's more of the um, uh, keeping the comments, I think, in line. I think we got like spammed or something. I don't remember what it was, but it was crazy. So I don't know. We'll do that again. Um, so I want to go ahead and just take a quick step back. Now I know I was talking about, you know, the name of the company is different. I never said where it's located. You're actually uh, in Orem, which is essentially what Salt Lake city, Salt Lake city area. Um, even though any hours as a whole is much larger than that, 
that's where you're at. That's the company you've grown. That's where you're from is that area up there. Um, but why don't you go ahead and let our listeners know um, just a little bit about you, why, and then kind of how you got into the trades. And then um, and you can actually take that really all the way up until present day because uh, you got some big plans. You still got some big plans going on this year. We do. We really do. So to start off, so yes, so just about six months ago, um, myself and Jeremy were the only partners in the business. And about six or seven years ago, I was the only owner of this business. And today we have 41 owners from any hour electric plumbing, heating and air that are actually owners of the business. So it's been a fun year to have people that have worked with me by my side for a lot of years and that they're, uh, they're actually owners of the business now, whereas six months ago, they were not. So, so, uh, but to back up a little bit here, um, I got in, you were asking, uh, how did I get into the trades? So I actually started as an electrician. Um, my dad um, and grandpa owned the company Hepworth Electric, uh, which was started in 1961 by, by my grandfather. They were really good tradesmen. They did not know how to run a business, though. Um, in fact, my dad really didn't want to run a business. When I first joined with my dad, twenty about twenty eight years ago, my dad uh, my dad didn't have a home phone, didn't have a company phone, didn't have a pager, didn't have a cell phone, didn't have <laughs> any of those things. And Wait, it was just handshakes and uh, and <laughs> he, he put the bits together on a two by four. No joke. <laughs> No joke, or a napkin, or or a piece of a piece of a, a cardboard with with a, with a pencil, with like a, a carpenter's pencil. He'd put the bid together, but he had no phone or anything, so it was all word of mouth and face to face. And uh, I come up to only work with him for the summer. I I really didn't want to be in the trades, you know. I saw my grandpa and dad never really could make a, a living in the trades. I just really didn't see it as a place I wanted to be and so and so anyway um but I worked with him for the summer and I I was 20 21 so and I was like uh I was like wow this is actually fun I I, I literally have it but we were shingling we were we were uh fixing fences doing concrete work finishing basements sheetrock plumbing heating and air electric we were doing everything my dad can do anything he can build a, a vehicle from scratch I mean that guy is so talented talented what's your dad's name his name's Terry Hepworth. Terry. So uh, just a talented guy, but he really didn't want to build a business. He just wanted to do just little stuff. So, so, uh, so anyway, I, uh, in fact, he even had lost his electrical license. He was a general contractor. So, so my grandpa had retired and my grandpa still had the name Hepworth Electric. And my dad was running Terry G. Hepworth contractor. And I said, dad, I want to build, I want to build this legacy backup. Grandpa's retired. Um, my grandpa never made much money in the trade trade either so i so i so but he kept the name hepworth electric started in 61 so i we pulled that name in um my dad uh obviously in well in you i don't know maybe not obviously but in uh in uh in you in utah did i did i did i share my name sorry did i share my name not yet i think i mean i, I shared oh, it for you i shared it for you but you no. did. okay all right so so those of you who don't know me wyatt hepworth out of Utah. So anyway, I, uh, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, to be an electrician. I really liked that when we were doing all the different jobs, I wanted to do electrical and my grandpa was an electrician. And so that's what I wanted to do. So we got my grandpa's license, um, put my, my name on his partner, my dad's name as partner. I got a phone number 
and started advertising and we grew to a few people and, and my dad didn't really want anything to do with that. And so he left, uh, go ahead. When, when was that? What year was that? Wow. That was 95, 96, right in there. Okay. So, so, uh, he didn't really want much to do with it. And, and so, uh, so anyway, uh, um, I signed over any debt and all the debt in my name and, and just took off. I, I put myself into electrical school and got my res journeyman. Um, within four years, I had my res master. My grandfather passed away just after I got my res master. And I, I ended up getting my regular master a couple of years later. I really loved electrical, built the biggest uh, new construction electrical uh, company in the state of Utah to about 60 employees. Okay, hang on, hang uh, on. Did, pause, 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 pause. Did, sorry, 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 I don't mean to uh, take yeah. off. Um, I, I'm trying to, I'm actually like watching the timeline go here. Okay. That okay. was a, that was a lot. And so, um, at this time, are you single married? Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I'm just trying to understand yeah. like, what's, what's the business and the family look like, you know, family life look like at, the, at this time. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So within one year of moving up here to, from Southern Utah to, um, to work with my dad, uh, Within within six months, actually, I found my wife and married her. So pretty pretty quick. Her name's Samantha Samantha Grimsley. She's from Louisiana, and uh, so anyway, she uh, we ha- we started our family quick. So about ten months later, there you go. Later, we had a baby, uh, baby girl. When you and, know, you uh, know. When you know, you know. We knew, yes. And so, so yeah. So I had my wife by my side. Had a wonderful daughter. I have now four daughters. Um, so pretty fun and we also raised two two uh two foster boys uh that were handicapped and uh, uh raised them from the age of eight on and 11 on um, hunter and enrique so anyway yeah so i have two sons four daughters awesome. and a wonderful family been married 27 years now so had a boy 27 years that's super, that's super cool listen um I didn't want to miss out on that story because it's, I think it's important to understand. I think a lot of listeners under the same thing, trying to run the business and then maintain your family. That whole balance um, is so incredibly important. And um, it's easy. It's easy when you're trying to run the business and grow and, and you clearly have a, uh, the, uh, a tendency to move quick on things. It seems like um, between, yeah. you know, um, and, and that's, I think that's a, a great quality to have by the way too, but it's easy to get wrapped up in, growing the business, the business, the business, and you're focused on the business and the intent is good. You're just trying to create, you know, this life for your family and your family kind of gets hung out to dry a little bit, not intentional. So I think it happens, but it's important to understand your story and know that you're doing both of those things too. So as you're going through this process, I just want our listeners to know, like you're doing this alongside of this gigantic family, like Paul's, Paul's got four, four kids. I got four kids. So We've kind of been down that that path as well. I'm trying to make sure that we're running and going and also, you know, balancing. So so keep on with the story. Okay. So you have yeah. um because I'll be curious to know when the actual name change comes in. And that's gonna be part of the conversation. So if you want to hang on to that for a little bit, you can. But let's go ahead and do this. Let's just go ahead and roll right into um um what is the business? I mean, I guess we're I don't know where you just stopped your story at, like what the year mark is, but if you can give us some timelines, that would be helpful. It's sixty employees, new construction. What year was that? Yeah. yeah. So in in two thousand by two thousand five, we had grown it to a four million dollar new construction electrical company doing all residential at twenty at about twenty to twenty two percent profitability. Nice. Nice. Twenty two points. Sweet. Yep. Um, yep. And then what? And then uh, I I really do agree with family is very important. So uh, best way to spend time with my family is have my wife come work with me. Right. So 
anyway, so wife comes into the business and she starts doing the books and she's a smart gal. She's uh, went to BYU and, and uh, you know, has done real well in, in schooling and, and in business. And uh, so she came in, she did our books and, and uh, has, has really been a big part of our business up till about a year and a half ago. Um, and she's retired now. So, but, uh, but she's been in the business uh, and I don't, I don't, any of my hobbies, I, it centers around family. I'm either working or, or my hobbies are with my family. So we're going to go there with my, my family or, or my team. So I go following uh, with my family or with our employees, our team members, our managers. Um, you know, if, if you know, whatever we're doing, I'm, you know, I, I, they talk about work-life balance. And I really think the best work-life balance is have your hobbies centered around your family and enjoy the people you work with. So that's, that's what I've done is make sure I'm enjoying the people we work with. I always said to our managers, let's build something that we want to, to work in, um, build something we could sell if we wanted to, but build something so that we don't want to sell it. So we can, so we, that we want to work in it so badly that we wouldn't want to sell it. Right. So, so uh, yeah. And so, yeah, so 2005 ish, we actually joined ESI Clockworks, uh, met Terry Nicholson, Jim Abrams. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, that's where the name change came. So, uh, so we, we changed to the red trucks um, and uh, rewrapped everything and changed the name to Any Hour Electric. And, and we grew that uh, from two, 250,000 of service work uh, to, to, uh, to 2 million pretty quickly. Uh, kept the new construction that fluctuated in between two to four million at the time, depending on the economy, and uh, and then 2008 hit, and so uh, we had a lot of contractors not pay us, and so yep. I got out of new construction because all of a sudden it wasn't profitable and was right. losing us money, and and so we got rid of that, but we took three years to let that go, and we we joined NextStar in 2008, and we. We started visiting a lot of different shops and they were doing plumbing and heating and air. A lot of them were not doing electrical. So and they kept asking me, when are you going to start heating and air? When are you going to start plumbing? And I noticed they were bigger than us. So, so I went back and started taking employees to different companies. So we went to companies in Seattle, we went to companies in Colorado. That's about an eight hour drive. We started listening to the book, Good to Great. We'd drive there and back. I'd take employees out there for three, three days, four days in a row. We'd stay in a cheap hotel. And uh, literally, we'd go to Precision, um, we'd go to Applewood, we'd go to Plumline, we'd go to AAA out there. We just went all to all good the ones, yeah. companies. I'd, I'd just have my guys ride along with their people, and they'd sit there and mentor me and taught me how to do plumbing and heating and air. And so we came back, started that in 2000, 2010, and uh, grew the company we'd, we'd, in the process of getting rid of new construction. Um, uh, that took a lot of my time, especially saving a lot of employees. We dropped the service down to 1.5 million, um, and then ramped up from there. And it, it was we haven't we haven't gone backwards since. So we've grown in the last 10, 10, 11 years. We've grown from 1.5 million all the way to uh, we're, it looks like we're going to be 30 uh, 73.5 to 74 million this year at at well over 20 percent profit. So we're in about 16, 16 and a half. Uh, 17 million in EBITDA, uh, just out of the one location. So <laughs> out of one location. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. You know, it, it's so interesting. Quick comment that, um, you talk about how instrumental it was to set feet 
in the other shops across the country and visit with people. And it seems like that is one of the most like time tested ways that companies can get inspired and get the wisdom and best practices to bring into their own business. What um, do you still have the practice of that or has that changed? Um, just curious what that looks like for you. Yes, we go to a lot of companies. Plus we've also opened our doors to anybody and everybody. So we have, even though we're part of Next Start and we're not with Clockworks right now, uh, that could change, but we're also part of Praxis. Um, even though we're part of those groups, we, we subscribe to Joe Casera, Weldon Long, um, Service Roundtable, but uh, we, we've, we let ARS come out and see us. I've had ARS companies come out and see us. Uh, it's an open door. We just let anybody come out. We even let, some people might think we're kind of crazy. In fact, if you want to know some, some of our own team members, managers, might even have thought over the years that I was giving away too much, but uh, I just believe in sharing. I saw my grandpa and, gra- and dad not be able to retire, and uh, and my grandpa retired in a or stopped working and lived in a teeny tiny trailer. And the only way he could retire is he traded his trailer to to my aunt for their smaller trailer and some cash. <laughs> And the guys worked hard and it's this construction's tough. And anyway, I just believe we only have one life to live. So I just believe in sharing. We share and share and share. We have companies coming in every single week. We've had that happen for about the last eight or nine years. As we grew and actually became bigger than the companies that we were going to visit, they started to come to see us because uh, they were like, wow, what are you guys doing? Because uh, we were going out learning from them, but coming back and implementing, learning what what to do, but also some things not to do. And so they started coming out to our place. So we, we have companies every single week coming to our business. We just, we, we do a tour, we share with them everything we do. We did that before we even knew that we were going to be, uh, that we were going to be a platform company, and, which we, which we did this year. And we did that before we even knew we were going to do that or, or any of that thing. So we've just got a lot of friends from around the nation that we just help out out of the goodness of our hearts and, uh, we shared, uh, we do the color code in our business. We shared that with Nextstar. Uh, uh, we, we do a lot of things in our business that we share with all these companies. What's really cool is when we share these things, it comes back to us. Uh, Nextstar is heavily involved with character code, the color code, the, the disc personality test. They've, they've, they've actually taken things we, that we were, that we shared and other Nextstar members have shared. And I love it because when, when we share, they actually do things with that and make it even better, which comes back and helps us. It might come, it might come back to our competitors and stuff like that, but it also comes back to us and we're truly making the industry better and making stronger companies and, and so on and so forth. So, so many questions. Chris, did you want to grab this or can I start? Can I start? Yes. You said a a few key things I wrote, I wrote down. I just want to, I want to one bring up and then ask um, is you had mentioned well, I'll tell you what. A quick, quick shout out to uh, um, Jeremy Lincoln and Mike on your on your team, um, and I'm sure they're probably part of some of that. Like wondering, what are you are you sharing too much? Um, we brought our own. We bring our, our own competitors uh, on the show, um, oh. because here's the deal. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that I like to share as well. Um, but the other key word that you said was implementing. Um, and this is typically where the hiccup comes in is even though you share implementing is a different story, right? Like you gotta be able to take that back and actually do something with it. And that's typically where most don't do it. Like, even though you've shared all this information based on facts and things that you've done to move the business forward, there's execution that has to happen with that. And 
and then there's learning from that execution on how you execute. So I don't think, I think that's actually a great place to be. And I believe in everything kind of comes back around full circle. You know, it's good to, it's good to give, it's good to share uh, and good is done to you. Um, and you had mentioned, you know, you kind of slipped in there and we haven't really talked about it, about being a platform company. And I don't want to talk about that right now because I'm going to talk about it um, a little bit more, a little bit further down um, or a little bit further down our conversation. But one thing that you did say that made me think about this, especially with that extreme, like in the fast growth is, and, and you mentioning Nextar, is do you have some sort of um, technician training in-house that you're doing? Like the Nextar model that you could you brought in-house and implemented, are you doing that stuff internally? Like your um, for all services, any of the services? What, what does that look like? smartac.com smartac.com if you haven't heard of it you better find out if you haven't implemented it you better check it out you have to get started doing something 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield what are you doing differently than your competitors you need to make sure that your memberships are sticky smartac.com does that lifetime warranty insurance savings filter discounts 24 7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem live tech chat service providers all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. That's a really great question. So we believe every single employee needs to be trained every single week. So we have four leadership trainings. See, a lot of companies forget about the leaders and managers. We have four manager trainings every single week. We split our managers up into groups and we train them every week. We have a three or four tier level of managers that can train that in case certain people that are training that are out of town. That training happens. Every manager gets a one-on-one. Every employee gets a one-on-one. Uh, we have a one-on-one. Um, Jeremy, you mentioned him, a phenomenal guy, uh, owned his own business uh, many years ago. Uh, about 14 years ago, he gave me, a, I invited him into a training that we had in-house that we had uh, that we had clockworks come out and do for us. And uh, Jeremy was so blown away with what we were building here that he, within a few months, he had let me know that he was willing to, he had a stonemasonry company and he's willing to shut that down. He's looking for a new avenue. I was down there to Southern Utah. It's about a four hour drive. And I was down there within three and a half hours. I have a fast car. So <laughs> I was down there within three and a half hours and uh, had an offer for him. And, and within three or four months, he was back. He was up here, moved his family up and started working with me. Uh, you know what? We're, we're, we're that 73 and a half to $74 million company. But I think without him, we're, you know, we're, we might be 50 or 60 million. And, wow. and you brought up, you brought up Mike Wilson, you know, you know, but back to Jeremy, he's an implementer. He's a, he's, 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 he's just so phenomenal at implementing and, and, uh, and, you know, you were bringing up, Chris, you're talking about, you know, they're showing people how, what you do, but then they have to go back and implement the processes and do the hard work, right? Well, Jeremy is that guy. He can come back, implement those processes and make it work. Mike Wilson can market. That guy is a great marketer. He's been with me for many, many years and, and he's a self-taught marketer. But, uh, and I think you've, you, he's followed your work and vice versa. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and I know we're talking to you about, opportunities to work with you guys especially as we're growing this nationally so we're we're pretty excited about that but mike mike's really a just he just he's just a hard working guy and and very creative and brilliant and track he's a tracking uh process guy he he just tracks everything uh, uh we're running things at about five percent six percent marketing uh for our company with with uh, with organically growing 17 18 million just this year from the one location and he's doing that with that global marketing budget. So he's just a great marketer, very creative, making radio and all these things work. So uh, what's that? 
I was just saying that's, I mean, that's so good. So, you know, shout yeah. out to Mike. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and he's then, been able to connect a little yeah. bit. And then, and then Lincoln, uh, our CFO, uh, was able to get him in here many years ago. Uh, I actually interviewed him about 10 years ago. He talked his sister into not coming over to work for us. So I had to bring him in and show him what we were building here. I'd love to take <laughs> you guys on a tour sometime if you guys want to come on out. But, uh, but I had took Lincoln on a tour. He was blown away. We we're about a $10 million. We we're about a just under $10 million company at the time. We weren't quite able to afford him yet. And uh, within two years, we were able to afford him. We grew it enough that we could afford him and we brought him, we brought him in. So he went from talk, talking his sister into not working for us to uh, he's in here working. But the guy... <laughs> The guy can run bill, bill, a billion plus company. The guy yeah. really is that great of a CFO. So I uh, really believe in our people. We've got many more great people that help us build this company. But back to trainings, every manager's trained, every, every employee's trained. We're actually doing, uh, we have Brett Knapp. He's our VP of, of, of uh, training or employee um, relations. Uh, he's been with our company for, for about 16 years, I think, but he, uh, he does a service system type, type training that's more catered around our business. It's a four-day training. We call it a five-star training. And everybody in the company goes through that training every single year. And it evolves and it grows. Uh, but it does not take the place of the Nexstar or the or the uh, Praxis or the uh, Jokasera Weld and Long trainings. It's, you know, we really believe, and all these guys teach, you know, you've got to go to these immersion trainings and then come back and, and do continued educational training throughout throughout the year and that's that's what separates us however the year we went from 18 million to 25 million which was about five years ago i think it was um that year we did lean heavily on Nextstar. i was out of town about every other week and brett was with me for a lot of those um, they had to start having an observer table at the back because we were out of town every other week to a service system training. We were at people's shops having those trainings. We were at the next door headquarters. We were in hotels and we took almost every technician and field employee to the next hour training. And that's the year we grew from seven from 18 million to 25 million. The next year it propelled us all the way to 35 million. So we basically doubled within a two year period from 18 million to 35 point. 2 million. So, so that, that happened through next our trainings and through really implementing and discussing out there with our people, what we're learning and coming back and actually putting it to work and, uh, and being out of town almost every other week. And that was fun. We, we got to, that was the last year that Julian Scadden was, was actually training, which was fun. He's now the CEO of next right. but that's the last year he trained. So we got to go to his, a couple of his trainings. Keith Macario was, was doing one of those. Um, you know, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, uh, you know, Dave Bodak, uh, Dan Friesen, you know, just going to all these guys' trains was just a ton of fun. Um, yeah. Dang. I love the, uh, the weekly, the, the weekly man, like the different trainings. I think that's, that's exceptional. I mean, that's, a, that's way more than I would have expected. Um, I think that the, the, it's going to be a necessary, um, evil, I think not even necessary, evil, that's not the right word, but it's certainly going to be necessary to, to scale your business, to kind of have those things. And it also breeds a lot of accountability when you have that type of training ongoing and, and you have to try to keep doing better than the next guy. Cause that's doing the same thing in the same location, you know, and a lot of times it's going to require exceptional leadership to kind of get them through that. Cause there's only one of you, Wyatt. And, um, you know, there's, 
a lot of hands, you know, that have to be in that growth and managing that growth and the constant education, the constant making sure like there's still the, there's still the making sure the employees feel good, a piece about their job, you know, like the culture piece of it is important. Um, and you constantly got to be learning. You know, I, I, uh, you, t- you mentioned Joe Cressara. I was grateful he invited me to go and speak at his True Grit event. And, um, and I was telling them, you know, complacency has no vacancy is something I kept started throwing out there is that's where you start to lose, you know, and uh, Julian, you, know, you talked about Julian as well. You know, Julian's been on the podcast with Paul and I before, and then he came out to the oh. Rhino, he was at Rhino X last year. And, um, and so I was able to connect with him some more and he and I hit it off pretty good. And it's kind of the same thing. He kind of believes in that same methodology. Like he's got to keep training, getting better. Keith, same thing. Keith's been on. We love Keith. Um, Keith holds a near and dear place in Paul and I's heart. Um, but it's phenomenal. You know, he's a phenomenal leader. Um, all great guys and all things that you have to do to make your business move forward because you're all, there's so many businesses doing the exact same thing in the exact location. What sets you apart at some point in time, it's gotta be more than just, it can't just be a race to the bottom on price either. So it has to be something more value, education, meaning, whatever it is, but you still got to have a lot of training in place and leadership. And, uh, and, and I believe that like, even with, even with Rhino, we developed Rhino U for one reason. It's, it's merging into something else. It was really to cross train employees because they had an interest in learning other positions within the company to understand their jobs better and how they communicate with one another. And it's since turned into a, an incubator for us. We're bringing in people who have no experience and we're creating them and tra- treating, training them the Rhino way of doing things. And that way we're incubating our own employees. So I just essentially took the same model from the home services space that even like the next art, the tech training stuff, and then worked it into my own. So you mentioned a couple of names there and I want to segue into this real quick is you had mentioned, um, Terry Nicholson. Yeah. And, and, uh, and t- I mean, we had him on, I don't remember how long ago that was Paul, a few months back. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Terry will be participating in Rhino X, which is I'm super excited about because I know awesome. what I know what he's opening with, and it's going to be amazing. Um, and but you know, did you have any other? Was there any other like major influencers or like mentors that you used along the way that you might even still lean on? I'm a certain you've probably become a mentor to some, but do you still have someone? And and who some of those that you used along the way in addition to Terry? Absolutely, yeah. We had uh, we actually had. Uh, Terry Nicholson out here a year ago and he did a big training for our managers for an entire week and we were able to increase our profitability substantially through that training um, and which was awesome it wasn't a set training it's something we just set up with him uh, and he was willing to come out that I think it was a year year maybe a year and a half ago um, that was really awesome so I still I still look up to Terry uh, I, you know I feel like he's a a mentor to me. Uh, he's a, he's a coach, but we also have, um, our coach with next star, Brian Buckley, um, who, who actually used to work for Terry Nicholson, um, small world world. Right. <laughs> so he's right here in Utah, up in Logan. We're actually getting ready to open a location in Logan, uh, one in Ogden and another one in St. George. So we're really going to build out Utah, uh, within the next six months to a year we're, we're, we're expanding here, uh, heavily uh, under the any hour name uh, green green filling those but uh but but also uh jack tester he was just out here uh what about four months ago uh did a did a big awesome training uh for us for our managers see see if we don't continue to raise our managers you know uh, uh john maxwell talks about the 21 ir- irrefutable laws of leadership if we don't continue to raise ourselves good to great talks about the great leaders always were continually 
making themselves better to qualify themselves for the position. If we don't, don't help our managers do that, then our people will outgrow us. We have over 90% retention because we really care about our people and we continually help our managers become better. And we put a big emphasis on re retention and recruiting. Uh, retention even more than recruiting, if you want to know. So, so, uh, but uh, we had Jack Tester out here um, about what four months ago, I think it was, yeah, about three or four months ago. Did a is training he just doing private consulting now, or uh, no, what no, he, he, actually, he actually works in Nextar as a leadership coach for uh, for business owners and managers. So, that's a new direction they're going, which I, we're very excited about that. But uh, yeah. he was out here and did a really awesome training with our leadership and character code and color code were a big part of that, which was really cool to see that, 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 that that's something we do uh, heavily in our business. Um, everybody takes the color code and we, and it, it's about self-awareness and understanding who we are as a person so that we can relate better with others. But anyway, um, so it was a phenomenal training, but then there's um, Lisa with Nextar does a follow-up training that's ongoing uh, and they have some tools that we're using to develop our leaders for uh, these new locations, to have general managers for these new locations, service managers, office managers, all these different managers. So it's, it's quite quite cool the direction they're going with that. But what was really cool is we took Jack on a tour here, and he'd been here when we were, the year we hit 35 million. But it's changed a lot from in those few 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 years of growth. But he did a tour, and the biggest supplier in this in the whole state is is across the street from us. And Jack and we take up. Uh, a, a block and a half for our building and jack said oh my goodness he said if frank blau would have ever been a, he could he probably could have never imagined that an electrical plumbing heating air company a plumbing company is bigger than the biggest fly house in the whole, whole entire state which is which is fun you know what i think is pretty cool is an electrician is as an electrician we're the biggest plumbing and heating air company right. in the state uh, and we're double the size of our nearest competitor, which is pretty exciting. So, yeah, and and still growing. So we're excited about that. I love it. Good for you. You had um, uh, you had said, and I can't remember exactly where I read it when I was doing some prep for this this podcast. But um, and this kind of goes in line with my next question. But you had made a statement that said, "There are things you know, there are things you think you know, and there are things you don't even know that you don't know." Mm -hmm. as, a, as a comment that you had made. And so what are some of the, um, you know, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way? And is there, so, is there any one or something that you're like, that you could attribute this, the success to, or maybe like the biggest success to, or some, you know, it could be multiple things, but what would that look like? What is that? Like, what, I mean, you hit a stride and then you probably realized something and then you hit it. And then now you really get it. And like the wheels are turning. I mean, you hit, well, at one point it was new construction is gone and you, we're focused now on the service side of things too, but what is that? Like, what are, what are some of the biggest lessons that you learned along the way that our listeners could, could, uh, could take away? Wow. Um, biggest thing I think I've learned over the last 10 years is that I don't have the best plan or the best idea. Um, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm in the way that doesn't mean I'm not valued. And I hear so many business owners, they grow to a point, and they say, oh, I just have to get out of my employee's way. I don't agree with that. Um, I, I, I believe I believe, uh, I believe, believe in getting out of their way, but I also believe in working hard with them and saying exactly what I think and being clear with perspectives and, and input. So I give brutal, brutal feedback, um, but I love the person I'm talking with, and I understand the, 
the way to give that feedback is not in a group where it belittles them. So I've surrounded myself with, with very powerful leaders, uh, very awesome leaders. Um, I'm really good at not taking the credit. I'm good at giving them the credit for their hard work and for the good things they do because they do great things. Um, and then, and then, but we're talking one-on-one. Uh, I'm building them up to others and supporting them and giving them the funds, the, you know, the, the, the tools and anything they need to succeed. But then I, I get out of their way. So I'm kind of like the gutter rail things you put in a bowling alley, you know, um, for kids. I'm kind of there. And Paul. And Paul. <laughs> and and me. I'm kind of on the side. I'm on the side. I'm working with them. But they're definitely bowling strikes. And and we're talking about how to how to improve. And I'm open to their feedback. So I'm very open to feedback. I'm I'm really open to improving on a daily basis. And again, I've surrounded myself with really great friends, Jeremy, Mike, Lincoln, Brett. I can go on and on and name Matt Hansen. You know, there's just so many people that work in my business. Troy, I, I mean, I think uh, I think I sent over saying, hey, you really ought to interview a few other people in, in our business because there's just there's a, there's a lot of stories. And what you'll find is I'm not the most dynamic person in my business. Uh, these guys are very dynamic and they have their own skill sets, and but they they value me and I value them. So. Um, so what's the biggest thing that I, that I think I've learned is valuing people, loving people, but being honest with them and letting them know how they can improve and making sure that's not a quick judgmental kind of conversation, but an actual building experience where I'm building them, challenging them, helping them be better. And they're building me and challenging me and helping me be better. And, and, uh, and that we still love each other in the day and understand we all have value and and, you know, I, I think color code has been a big part of that also for a tool. Color code uh, has, I don't know if you guys have taken that at all. Have you guys done that? I have no, not. No, as I was going to ask you, is yeah, explain it for those who don't know what it is. It's online. I would do the paid version. If you don't take the paid version, I could probably guess your color code, by the way. So anyway, uh, but <laughs> it's, some, it's something we have everybody take. It's not based on whether they'll get hired or not. But if once we're interested in someone, then... It, our interview process is a is a multiple day event. It involves a tour. Everybody's invited. Customers, people. We we don't screen anybody. We we have tours four days a week um, that are happening. And uh, and what's really cool is all of our employees. They actually see all these people coming through. We'll have anywhere from five to thirty people come through. And so our employees will see thirty people walking through the trainings. We have trainings four days a week. So. So literally they're seeing all these people walking through on tours during their training and they're like, wow, so many people want to work here. And it's literally four days a week, five to 20, uh, five to, we've had as many as just under 30 uh, in, in one of those tours, which is quite a few people to tour around the place. But anyway, make sure yeah. I understand that. Is that a, that's an employment tour? So that's an employment tour. Yeah. Yeah. So we just show them the whole business, but it's really yeah. catered to, employment we show them the parties we have we have a lot of parties a lot of events we have videos of those so they see a lot of those things culture, uh, yeah. it's a lot of culture um some people um they know it's going to take a half day so 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 they'll actually take off the day of work to come in and interview a lot of them will or they'll come in and for an hour or two and then they'll they'll reschedule for a longer day but anyway we never hire someone on the spot um, it's, and it's always, it's always sell them on the business and help them see what we have. But, 
but the but the, but the question was um, I think your question was uh, uh, remind me of your question I was answering it there. That's okay. I'm just saying what you we were talking about what do you attribute to the success yes. and lessons you've learned? And you're talking about the you know and trusting people and stuff like that. Yes, yes. So so uh, so so what's what's really neat on the color code? So that's what we're talking about. So anyone right. that gets past that first interview gets to take the color code. So the color code is is uh, reds are driven by power and a to b blues are driven by by relationship loyalty yellows are driven by by fun um and whites are driven by peace and so we have them each take the color code and each each person is going to have 15 strengths and 15 limitations and i think those that's what's I think that has been a big tribute to our people to be able to understand each other and work together. And they don't make excuses for each other. Like at the first, they used to say, ah, oh, he's being red. He's just A to B. That's why he's running over you. Or he's white. He's a white personality code. So that's why he's not saying what's really on his mind. He's just trying to keep the peace. Or he's a blue. So he's, he's just a little emotional on the emotional side. Or he's a yellow. He has too much fun. Uh, and they used to do that, but now it's evolved that when people take it, everybody, they understand themselves and they understand, hey, so we understand the yellows or they understand if they're not having fun with this career working here, they're not going to stay. So we got to make sure the yellows are having fun here. Work, work can be fun. If they're a white personality code, we need to make sure they have a peaceful environment where they're not feeling beat up all the time. They're not feeling challenged all the time where they they're very logical but but they're we need to make sure uh, that they that they have that that environment that they can enjoy their career. If they're red, let's make sure they're getting A to B. Let's make sure we're growing. Let's make sure they see upsides. If they're blue, make sure they have relationships. Most people, the the most common color code is a blue. Uh, so most people in the world are. But anyway, that's really helped us. There are the 15 limitation words and the 15 strength words, and those words also make it so you know, someone sees that they have some areas to improve on, right? Or because all of them have 15 words that are, are that are negative or limitations. Are those known among the other employees? Like, is it publicly known who's what profile? Uh, you know what? They share that with each other openly, but it's not yeah. something we share around. Yeah. The managers do, do have that, um, but we don't discriminate at all on yeah. color code nor do we hire based on color code it's just a tool yeah. uh, to understand how to and it's really a tool for them to understand themselves um what's really neat is when when our employees go out to a customer's home and they can see that they might not be able to do as good as well with a with maybe a red personality or with sure. a yellow or whatever and they find that they need to make some adjustments and they start talking to each other saying hey i can't seem to be able to sell to a red personality. What do I need yeah. to do? And they start improving that way. Plus also the five-star training dives into the color codes and how to work with customers and how to work with each other through understanding each other and ourselves best. Yeah. In the spirit of robbing and duplicating, and I can share this because this is another next star member. And I know you guys share openly. Um, Chad Peterman has the disc uh, profile on his wall and his employees are plotted. Their, their pictures are plotted based on their disc assessment. So you can walk in and see, you know, the profile. So, um, before I want to transition, you talked a lot about the team that you've, um, built around you. And I want to transition to talk about how you've made them 
partners and owners in the business. But before we get there, I want to make an observation. So you showed up today and we uh, jokingly were talking about being, you know, the best dressed person in the room and you're wearing a tie and it doesn't seem like you accidentally put on a tie. So do you wear a tie every day? And if you do, is that part of setting the tone for the culture of your business or tell me about the tie? Yeah. So I do wear a tie every day. Our managers wear a tie every day and a white shirt and a tie. And we kind of got that from Jim Abrams back in the day. He was a big proponent of wearing a shirt and a a white shirt and a tie. Actually, he was a proponent for a red tie. So he's a, he, that was something he, he did. And then he also was big into shaving and in the, with the companies that we're bringing in around the nation, their culture stays their culture and we value their culture. Um, they don't need to wear a tie. If they want to, they can. Um, but in, in our actual one location and what we build in Utah, um, and Utah is a little different culture than a lot of places around the nation. Uh, we do cover our tattoos. Uh, we do shave every single day, no goatee, no beard, any of those things. And we wear a white shirt and tie for the, for the managers. And it has set us apart. Um, with being able to negotiate with vendors, marketing, whether that's marketing vendors, whether that's material vendors, we're, we, we set ourselves apart. And I've, I've noticed lawyers and you know, attorneys or whatever, they're not dressed, again, a shirt and a tie, they're trying to dress down. But uh, we've been doing this for about, probably about 14 years. Uh, we've been 14, 15 years, we've been dressing in a shirt and a tie. And that's just what we do. And, and it kind of throws the interview process uh, off because not off. It kind of sets us apart on the interview process because these people come in in construction and they're willing to shave to join our company. They're willing to cut their hair. We actually have a line of people trying to get into our business. Uh, and that's been the case for quite some time. I, wow. I actually recruited from the time that we were 1.5 million company to 35 million. And then I turned that over to Dustin Van Orman and he recruited from 35 to, to where we're at now. And then we brought in uh, Josh, who was a, a big recruiter for an electrical national company that had over hundred uh, over a thousand employees, wow. and him wow. and his, him and his team are coming in. They know how to do it nationally, and so they're they're helping us do it nationally, plus doing it the way Dustin and I do it. So we're bringing that together because we see being a platform. The biggest thing people are having a hard time with that we don't have any struggle at all with is hiring and retaining. And so we see that being an area we can really help people uh, around the nation is helping them recruit and retain their employees. We can also help them uh, through Nexstar and through Praxis, uh, but Nexstar is built out more than Praxis for, for, uh, for training out technicians and everything. So through, through Nexstar, we can help them uh, and through our own uh, ability, we can help them uh, with, uh, with trainings, uh, help, help them know how to implement those trainings when they go to those trainings. So it's not just going out, but coming back and making it actually do something with their revenue, their profitability and so on. And then, uh, we really feel like, you know, with marketing, especially since I'm real excited actually to, to join with you guys, uh, Mike and I both talked about it last night, uh, in depth. Um, we really feel like we, we can, we can take that marketing nationally and really help people, uh, with the marketing side. Um, especially going national like we are. We really believe we're going to be 300 million top line by the end of next year. Uh, we really expect uh, within five years to be a $3 billion company. 
And we really expect to be a, a five plus billion dollar company within 10 years. Um, I'm in my forties uh, for another nine months. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, Jer- Jeremy's 41, Lincoln's right there, same age, Mike's 44. You know, we just, we're, we're right there in the prime 35 to, to 50. And uh, yep. we just feel like we've got a lot of, a lot of room to grow and a lot of room to keep improving. And we, we have a lot to give to all these companies that come in with us. Uh, uh, we're, we're very pro employee, very, very pro, uh, uh, owners and we want to help them buy in some of their some of their key people and and uh, and we really think uh, we can give them those tools to re- to recruit retain uh, help them with marketing uh, uh, leadership training that's a big one everybody seems very excited about joining us because of the leadership trainings that we've developed and built out uh, we believe that's something we've taken uh, above and beyond any plat any platform out there uh, that we can that we can help everybody out with so we're, we're just excited. Um, very engaged. I work every day, uh, well, f- five days a week and an occasional Saturday. Sunday's always off. Um, but, uh, you know, I come to work every day and, and I wear the shirt and tie. And rock the tie. And, uh, yeah, that's that's well, what that's about. So, well, I failed yeah. at all three of those, by the way. I have a goatee. I have uh, a do not wear a shirt, button down shirts and ties. And I have a few tattoos. So I failed all three well, of those. I have a, ta- I have a tattoo also. I, I keep it covered, but you know, and, and maybe, and things are changing in Utah. It's becoming more and more conservative. So, or not conservative, you know, more and more it's, it's, I don't know the word for it, but anyway, um, it's changing. So it's changed. Part of it. So maybe we're going to be changing those things over time. So, you know, I think we need to watch that and not be, you know, and, 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 and I, and we just implemented a, a new one that Mike Wilson was really big on. He, we decided this this last year. If, if if you have a logo shirt, you don't have to wear the tie. So Mike, oh, there we go. Mike's been off. taking Mike's been taking me up on that a lot. There you he go, Mike. Anymore, so good trade off. <laughs> Paul's got a tattoo too. It's on his lower back. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, he used to have a tattoo on his shoulder, but it's it's gone now. Okay. Hey, listen, guys, we're like 50 minutes into this thing. We're almost an hour oh. in already. Can you believe that? Um, so I do want to talk about this because you mentioned platform a couple times. Um, and, and one, uh, I, uh, you can clearly tell your excitement and your passion for the business. Like it's, it comes out of you so natural. Like it's just, and you can hear the excitement in your voice, like the passion, the whole thing. So it's, it's crystal clear. I'm guessing our listeners certainly can pick up on that too. Um, so it's business is hard. It's, it's hard to grow business. It's, uh, it's challenging. It's fun. It's rewarding. Um, all these things. And then you have a moment as a, as a business owner or a decision you have to make. Um, once you hit a certain level of how do you go to the next level? How can you get from 10 to 20? How do you get from 20 to 50, 50 to hundred? Like it starts becoming clear, the bigger that you get, I, I've, I've learned those things, but when did you make the decision that you were going to do this uh, cash, you know, this raise the capital yeah. to try for expansion with uh, with your partner at Knox Lane. Yeah, five years ago, um, I was cornered at a super meeting, <laughs> and somebody that had just had a, had a deal happen said, "You need to come meet with with uh, Ken." It was it was actually meet with Ken Haynes. Uh, the wrench group. Yep. And I told the person, it was Jamie Domenico, actually out of Florida. He said, why? I, and I think it was five years. It might've been four years ago, but it was, it was probably four or five years ago. Hey, Jamie's <laughs> listening to this for sure. Well, shout out to Jamie. Oh yeah. Hello, Jamie. 
Yes. And Jamie's a, Jamie's a good guy. He, he, I was in the weight, I was in the weight room. He waited till no one was around me. Cause I had the managers were in there working out with me and, and some of the managers were. So anyway, he kind of waited till they weren't there. And he mentioned to me, he said, what? He said, Ken, Ken Haynes wants to meet with you and you've got a great business. And he let me know what he had done, what, what he did and that he was now partners with them. And, you know, we've been good friends with Plumline and so Plumline, uh, Jeff Belk over there, he and Bob, Bob Logan, uh, you know, John Heggie, those guys are real great friends of ours. So he, uh, so, so they, they're with the wrench group. So anyway, we, they were on our radar and I just let Jamie know, I said, I'm not for sale and neither are my friends. And I work with my friends. There's no way I can go meet with this guy. I just, you know, and so that's, that's what I said. So, uh, so I went to, uh, so anyway, he, he, he said one thing that really resonated with me. He said, Wyatt, that's great. And that's up to you, but just realize this is, there's a consolidation going on. This is happening nationally, whether you want it to or not, you're either going to compete against it or you're going to join it. This was five, that, this was five years ago. This probably, probably four years ago. Got it. Probably, okay. Probably four. Okay. Whenever Jamie happens. So anyway, if you guys yeah. want to listen to that. So okay. Okay. it seems like five years ago, COVID kind of made me lose track of time. I mean, COVID's <laughs> like, don't I get it. Back, right. I get so, it. Yes. So, uh, so anyway, I went back and I didn't want to go out by myself because I didn't want to be too tempted. And anyway, so I, so Jeremy and I both went together. We met with Ken Haynes at his place. Um, we got a tour of his place and took us to dinner. Nice guy. Really, really appreciate him. And, uh, he, he, uh, he, he, it was, it was a little bit, uh, depressing to be honest with you. Cause I'm like, wow, this really is consult the consolidation things really happening what do I do what do we do and I I talked to Jeremy and Jeremy said I'll support you either way um, whatever you decide and, and uh, we got a tour uh, a more in-depth tour the next day he's wide open with us and and we kept in communication and we we've talked over the years and and uh, anyway so uh, but what we realized is he they're right the consolidation is happening I mean Grocery stores have consolidated. Name one grocery store that's not part of a chain. Um, the hardware stores, they've all consolidated. They're, the ma-pop stores have all consolidated. And we are a ma-pop store. That's what we are. It's my wife, myself, you know, Jeremy's my brother-in-law. Mike Wilson's my brother-in-law. Um, Lincoln's a great friend of mine. Dustin's a great friend. I work with my friends. Does that make sense? So, yeah, 300 um, of your friends. So, yeah, so we're a mop-op store. That's what we have here. And so we started looking into all the different platforms. We talked to all the guys and we did not feel that we did not feel that that there was a mop-op truly help the different businesses with by helping people and staying out of their lane type of a business out there. They have, there's, there's the model of really yeah. run, helping run the business. There's the model of just bringing anybody and everybody. There's the model of helping them with some HR, but there's not like truly leadership training at a high level that we've been doing in our business for years and recruiting and retention. And at the level we do, I mean, we've been sharing this with Stefan over at next star, Julian, you know, Jack Tester, all these people we've been sharing our retention and our recruiting and how we do all that. Cause I think that's the biggest key for having a company double the size of the company of our, our nearest competitor in the state of Utah. That's, I think that's the biggest key is holding on training and holding on to our people, hiring, training and holding on to our people. So anyway, so, uh, so, so, so we really, 
really believe that we have some something here and and we felt if we the only regret I have is I wish we would have done it three three or four years ago I wish we would have just started to do it I was just kind of a little afraid but really the big thing that pushed me over the line was you know if we grow this business by 10 or 20 million dollars for the rest of our career and say that I retire at 65 that's 16 more years if we grow by 20 million a year which we're not even growing by that this year 20 million times 16 years is 320 million added to what we are now at 74 ish yeah. That's that's not a billion dollar company. And we've been talking about building a billion dollar company for about 10 years now. And Walt Disney, what pushed me over the edge is Walt Disney owned his own business. He owned the studios. But to be able to build Disneyland and Disney World, him and Roy, him and Roy Disney had to bring in investors. That's the only way they could do it. We would not. My kids love Disneyland. They absolutely love it. I don't know. Do you, does your family love it? I'll be there this weekend. My my. Uh... My youngest daughter turned seven today and we celebrate at Disney. So I'll be there this weekend. <laughs> nice. Well, we looked into ESOP so all of our employees could, could own it, but that's that, those are penny stocks. Those will never get anybody anywhere. And for our listeners, for our listeners, uh, ESOP is employee stock owned. Uh, that's yeah. what that kind of, that's what it is. Okay. We looked into that and uh, you know, but we, we, we really believe we have a great platform we believe we want to bring in partners. So we're not, yes, the, the owners are cashing out a chunk of the business. Yes, they're bringing in some managers to own it. But, but they're also staying in there and they're an owner of the business. And it's not, they didn't sell out. We're part of a group. I think everybody's doing it. A lot of people are doing the same way in a lot of ways. I get it. But they're all saying they're buying each other. And they're all saying... That they're that they're bringing money back in. The reality is, is Walt Disney get, didn't didn't get accused, even though him and Roy owned, you know, didn't own the whole thing. All of a sudden, they didn't get accused of selling out, selling out. or yeah, bringing money or bringing money back in. They yes, they stayed in. They stayed running it. These these uh these uh private equity companies, Knox Lane, they they cannot run this business. They cannot. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we'll turn into you know, yeah, <laughs> no, a house of a house of cards, really. So, yeah. um, and some of these will probably turn into a house of cards and and fall uh, if they're gobbling up businesses and not really being a tool to help those businesses improve and become more sound and be able to make it generation to generation. But anyway, we we believe in par- we're partnering, and I understand that's how everybody else is doing it also. But let's change our terminology here. We're partnering, we're staying in, we're running our businesses. Now that doesn't mean there won't be a business like Plumline where the owner exits and Bob stayed back with with John Heggie and those two, they, you know, Bob's now running it. Uh, John is retired, but Bob's doing a great job running out there and he owns the, a piece of that business. And now they have additional managers that own it also. And that's all right. You know, six months ago, I, Jeremy and I were the owners of this business. Now I have 41 of us count myself that are owners of this business just in any hour, plus the additional companies we brought in from uh, Arizona and Idaho and Southern Utah that are, that are now owners. And then they have, um, and then they have uh, some managers also that are owners. And those are all, I would name those names, but they're all closing like literally this week and next week. So which, which will take us to about 130 million in, 
in a top line revenue as, as a group. So well, yeah, incredible. That's awesome. Well, and, uh, Paul, go ahead. Well, it's so interesting that there's this narrative. So it's all about perception and there's this yeah. narrative in the industry that there are only five or six viable options to, and I'll use air quotes here, partner or sell with someone. And that there's this big, ugly monster out there called outside private equity that's coming into the industry and it's going to create this house of cards. When the reality is you are able to use the outside private equity to create your own platform and create your own legacy instead of being a part of someone else's amazing journey or amazing story. So, so talk to me about how this move with your capital partner and this expansion and this growth to become a billion dollar organization. Um, how does that play into what you want your legacy to be? You know, I, I really just want my legacy to be uh, that I was there to help others have a better life. One day, one day we're all going to die. So um, I, I just want my legacy to be that, um, that, you know, there's a quote I live by. It says, no success outside the home will compensate for failure in the home. Um, if we succeed in our life, but we aren't, we aren't a good steward of our family. Um, if I'm successful, but I don't treat my family well, I think I failed. Okay. But the minute I chose to be a business owner, my family expanded. That's good. It expanded to be my people that I work with my employees. Yep. The managers that work for me and with me are now part of my family and no success that I have is going to compensate for failure in their life. Uh, you know, it's been a tough, you know, year and a half, uh, COVID. We saw a lot of people trying to wonder if they should give up when COVID hit for a month or two or three. Mike Wilson came to me, you know, we kind of had a unique situation here in Utah. We had, uh, we had, we not only had COVID hit, but about a week after COVID hit, um, we actually had an earthquake also, and it was it was scary. And Mike Wilson came to me and he said, what do you want me to do with the budget? Can I, should I cancel some things? Uh, should, are we gonna let some guys go? And I said, no. I said, let's renegotiate some contracts, Let's but let's raise our budget and let's keep our people going and we're gonna get through this COVID, whatever comes our way, because we're gonna take care of our people. As a business owner, my family's my family, but our people are in that umbrella. I'm working right now. You know, you guys, I made enough money to retire by the time I was 35, you guys. I'm 49 now. I now have 40, man 40 managers that are owners of the company, plus the companies will bring. I'm here to work hard to help them succeed. I want, they make great paychecks, but they don't have owner kind of money. I'm excited for us to trade out our private equity every three years, give or take a year and trade out our private equity. And Knox Lane's a great partner. They're giving us some great tools, but uh, we're going to be trading them out. Yep. And, They'll and be happy to help you find a new home. Oh, sure absolutely. And, uh, and the companies that join with me, we're going to continue on our way. And we will, we will trade out that private equity every three years, give or take a year. And Knox Lane does not take any dividend. Um, no, no private equity takes that dividend or anything. Um, they only make their money, as you guys know. Um, right. But for the listeners, as that pie grows bigger, so we're going to grow that pie bigger. They're going to exit out. They'll make their money. We'll bring another private equity. But what's awesome is, and I, I think, you know, Ken Good, you've had a lot of people on here, but for the ones that haven't, maybe listen, you know, our managers have an opportunity for their shares to grow. Every time we trade out that private equity, those shares 
grow if we are growing organically and if we are making good decisions on who we're bringing in and if we're doing this right. So, so that allows them to create wealth for themselves, for their families. And we're going to do that three or four times. And then we're going to decide, are we going to take this uh, to, a, to a, a company like a, a Blackstone that might fold us and we get dividends or are we going to you know, take it to public? But that's something we'll just have to decide then um, in the next 10 or 12 years as we, as, we, as, we, uh, as we just keep building this nationally to 5 billion. I love it. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. I'll tell you what, something that I think speaks volumes for an organization um, and specifically yours is retention of staff, retention of employees. And I think I heard somewhere yours is like 85% or some crazy high number for the big volume you've got. Like that's fantastic. It's, man. it's, it's over, it's over 90% retention. Um, that's counting the office staff also. Um, and it is the 85% number is uh, back when I was recruiting if we had, if we had everybody stand up in the room, if I go in, if I take you into our, uh, into our training room during a training and I say, everybody stand up. If you were referred here by someone that's still here, stand up and 85% of the people would stand up. I, I actually had a company out here from California just yesterday. And, and I, I, I said to him, I said to him, I said, should we go ahead and do that and see kind of where we're at now? And so we went into the heating and air training yesterday morning and, and I, and I asked them to do that, and 50% of the people stood up that were referred. So it is changing some now that we have so much of the online recruiting and, and, and a lot of the tools that way that we're doing differently than we used to do. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, that number's, that's a great number. And it just, I said, that it's, that's what speaks volumes. I said the same thing to like our, you know, we have our, our company Christmas party this past uh, Friday. And I love to say to them what our retention rate of our customers is, and that speaks volumes about the work that we put out is because people don't leave if they're happy and we're producing, we're doing our job, those types of things. It's the same thing with, with your employees. Obviously, we can't do those things without having the employees, and we want to keep them and care about them and, like, to your point, their family, and um, and we treat them as such and care about them just like that too. And if you're genuine about those things and you genuinely um, want to make them better at their jobs, giving them education or, you say, give them the tools to be better at their job or do their job, you know, as best they can um, – People want to want to leave, you know, and, and you, I think that you can't you can't fake that feeling. Like you you can't you can only fake it so long if you don't really care about somebody. Like that that's not ever going to work. So if you if it's coming from a place of genuinely caring about you wanting to serve them and serve the customers, and you're trying to give them anything and everything you possibly can, I don't think the number changes. So even as the company grows, though, you have to maintain that same you know you have to kind of maintain those same values to scale with it because you certainly can't do it without without them. Um, and, and so anyway, I just, I commend you, um, you know, on a, a job well done. I know you have uh, still got a decent chunk of runway ahead of you that you're excited to go after. I'm excited to watch it all go down. Um, I'm excited for you to come down to Rhino X yeah. and be able to actually connect with you. Um, Terry will be here too, which is cool. Um, so I'm glad that you'll have that well, actually quite a few people, but congrats, man. I, I think it's uh it's a great uh, it's one of those cool stories to hear just another one. Um, I'm sure there's going to be lots of people listening right now that have wanted to hear this story from you specifically and understand what happened with NER and what's going on. And I'm glad that we could be the platform for you to, to share that success. So why appreciate you so much. Well, thank you, Chris. Paul, you got anything else, buddy? No. Did you have Yossi out to visit you? I'm not sure. From Say Monkey Wrench. Sorry. I thought it was, I, 
Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. I, man, it's a small industry. So you can edit that out, Chris. That was a random question, but no, thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for um, just kind of inspiring us on, on what's possible out there and, and um, you know, just being a great light in the industry. So thank you. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Um, do you mind if I leave my contact information uh, if anyone wants to? And just so you know, if anyone does come out to visit, we won't even talk about the partnership if you guys don't want to talk about it we have so many people coming out that they sure. wouldn't even our people just see people coming through they don't even know sure. they just know people come and see us so but if you do want to come and visit you get a hold of me uh if you want to talk about the partnership side i'm willing to talk about that um or not you know it's up to you guys uh we're just here to share and give back um but my uh my email is w-y-a-t-t dot H-E-P-W-O-R-T-H at gmail.com. So it's my name, Wyatt.Hepworth at gmail.com. And my number is, and you're more welcome to text me and we can set up a time to talk, 801-471-9505. So uh, anyway, thanks you guys. Appreciate your time and and uh, excited to get down there and see you guys. And and Chris, uh, absolutely excited about doing a partnership with you actually with uh, taking this thing national. I think we need the help. So Likewise, I'm excited you. to talk to Mike about it too. Hey, I want to go ahead and finish. Well, thank you. First off, and, and again, thanks for sharing your contact information. Uh, obviously, listeners, take them up on it, you know, especially if you have questions or whatever, like no pressure, um, but go check out the shop, go talk to whatever. Um, I want to ask you this one last question, Wyatt. I think this is like the most appropriate ending to this, to this particular podcast before I read the review. Um, is Paul a red, blue, yellow, <laughs> or white? Holy cow, you'd ask me that. Based on how closely you've been listening. Based on what you know, and I recognize that based on what you know, what is Paul? And I'll tell you what, I think I'm pretty sure, well, I know which one I am. um, But what what do you think Paul is? I have no earthly clue. But I will say this. If you both will fly out here next week, I will take (laughs) you on a tour of the place. And I'll be able to guess that by the end of the The irony is when this airs, I will actually be in Park City on a ski trip. So there might be a text exchanged that happened in the past, I guess, to coordinate seeing you out there. So I will be there. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, neither one of you answered my question, but okay. So I think that Paul would be white. I think Paul's a peacekeeper. Um, Absolutely. but if you just saw Paul at the Rhino Christmas party last year, he'd be a yellow because he can be fun. It's just not very often. <laughs> I'm kidding. In small spurts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wyatt, thanks again so much. I appreciate you. Uh, up tall, Paul, thanks for some of the thoughtful questions that you asked and, and kind of poking and prodding a little bit and let me uh, beat up on you. I haven't beat up on you very much, Paul. I need to get back to that. I'm pretty I sure know. that we're going to start getting re- uh, negative reviews because I don't do it enough. Bring so it. I got sp- to <laughs> speak up on that. And so speaking of reviews, um, I'll go ahead and, like we normally do, finish with a, a quick review from Thomas Spall. A five-star review, as it says, professionalism. The the Rhino to the Point podcast is a phenomenal information resource for leaders in the home services industry. They bring topics to the table that are of ultimate relevance at this point in time. I highly recommend this to every home service industry leader. Great job, Chris and Tall Paul. Thomas, Paul, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you so much. Wyatt, thanks again, brother. I appreciate it. I'm going to shoot you a a text uh, probably in the next few days or so. And, uh, and listen, I'm just grateful that you came and shared your story. And again, congrats on all the success. I'm, I'm happy for you and all that you've accomplished. So to our listeners, do not forget, do not forget in 2022, this year you have all these months ahead of you that you don't have to have it all figured out and you have people willing to help. 
just like Wyatt. He gave you his contact info. He told you what he did. He spent like a year on the road going to all these places, staying in hotels. He had to put in a little bit of work to try and make his business better. You should go and do likewise. He gave it to you. Reach out. Until next time, we'll see you. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.